Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestonenzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe, so we can help you master the art of selling. Welcome everyone to another exciting episode of the Sales IQ Podcast. Today we have a young man from the UK who a few years back decided to start a LinkedIn page and since has over 330,000 followers. As a result of his success, he is now regarded as the world's leading social selling expert. He's authored a book and has become a global keynote speaker. Please welcome Daniel Disney to the show. Ah, thank you, Luigi. Thank you for having me on today. No, awesome, man. Very excited to have you. Uh, before we get into it, please don't mind my Aussie accent. <laughs> I'm, I'm resisting. I do a really bad Aussie impersonation, <laughs> but I love the accent. I, I genuinely love it. So, <laughs> Well, we love yours, man. So look, uh, today's topic, as we discussed earlier, is all about social selling. But before we get into this exciting and sometimes controversial topic, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started in the world of sales. Yeah, of course. So I'm, I'm someone who's sold since since day one. I'm one of those uh, sort of young, genuinely passionate entrepreneurs. So I think I started my own little business at eight years old, um, selling uh, selling things to my friends, and it's kind of been in my blood since. And when I turned 16, I got a job at a local DIY store. Initially, just on the checkouts, it was sort of a first job type of opportunity. But they, within two weeks saw something and moved me into the sales department and uh, I've never looked back. So yeah, worked in sales for a long time I and mean, uh, sort of around five years ago, um, started to see LinkedIn growing quite a lot. And I, you know, the thing that pulled me in was the fact that my customers were on it and my customers were using it in a professional manner. And the light bulb went off to think, actually, there are things I could do on here that can help me find them, talk to them, start those conversations. And as, as hopefully you and a lot of people have seen, it's it's become a very crucial part of, of selling yeah. it. Thanks for your spot on there, and thanks for sharing that with us, Daniel. I've noticed on your page that it's growing rapidly. As you know, three, four months ago, you had three hundred thousand um, followers, and now you've got over three hundred thirty thousand followers. That must make you feel really good about the mission and what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, the daily sales actually uh, turned three years old yesterday. It was the the three year birthday from when I. First came up with the name, created the logo, and actually set up all the social pages and started sharing the the very first content. So, three years, three hundred and thirty thousand followers and growing. It grows by anywhere between three to five, anywhere up to ten thousand new followers every week. Um, so it's 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 rate of growth has has boomed this year, and uh, yeah, it, it shows me a few things. It shows me how powerful social media is. How much we want and need from social media um from a consuming point of view and it's to be able to help people yeah that's fantastic so what what actually inspired you like how did you did you get up one day and say right i'm gonna start a movement to help people sell on social what motivated you to get started it's a really bizarre one and and even i've been quite reflective over recent days but I remember using LinkedIn about five years ago, started to use it a lot more to sell. And I was reading blogs. I enjoyed blogs. I enjoyed reading some of the great Anthony Iannarino's blog, Tony Hughes's blogs. There were great sales blogs on there. And I remember getting to one point and I thought, I would like to write one. I mean, I love selling. I'm one of those sad people that genuinely loves working in sales. And I thought, well, actually, I'd quite like to put some of that into writing. And I've never written before. I'm not someone who studied literature or anything, but I 
really took to it. And I just, I kept writing blogs one or two a week. And through that, just sort of realized that there was a lot of demand for that sort of content. Um, I personally absolutely loved doing it. And I then started to experiment and did memes and eventually doodles and, and videos. And, you know, it's sales is hard. <laughs> and I'm trying through the content to either lighten it up a little bit or at least try and break down some of the confusions a lot of salespeople have uh, through the stress of selling just to make it a bit easier because like I said I, I love it and sales in my opinion is a really beautiful thing you're helping people and so yeah I'm just trying to create content to make it uh, a little bit better and easier for, for everyone else <laughs> oh, well man I'm one of those guys who's been following you for a long time man so thanks for that and uh, you know often when I have one of those days where you know you, you, a prospect goes cold or something and you see one of those <laughs> memes and you can just laugh um, and it just makes the, the, the day a, a little bit better but uh, but on the topic just before we, we get into it but share with us your definition on social selling. Do you know what? In its most simplest form, it is using social media to sell. That's all it is. It's using social media as a platform to, to sell. And the best way I can describe it, and I did a post earlier this week, I've been using this uh, analogy for, for a few months now, but uh, I um, drew a picture of one of those mazes, those sort of square mazes where you get two or three doors and you've got to follow your finger through and one of them leads to the, to the middle. And what I did was I changed it a little bit where there's about five, six, seven doors and your prospect sits, every prospect out there, every individual out there sits in one of those mazes. And those doors represent phone call, cold calling, one represents email, one represents social media, one represents you know business networking. Everyone has different preferences. And then I'll give you a real example. For me, if you tried to cold call me, if you went through the cold calling door in my maze, wouldn't reach me because I tend to not answer cold calls at all. Um, but if you use the social email, then actually, yeah, you are likely to, to reach me. And social media, social selling, it's a new method of communication. People are on it every day. For a lot of people, it's the first thing they check in the morning and it's the last thing they check at night. People are on there. They're talking, they're using it. And salespeople use that to find, connect and, and start talking to, to prospects. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually love that that uh, maze that you put out recently on LinkedIn. Daniel, there's been heaps of debate on LinkedIn recently on cold calling versus social and, and that cold calling is dead and social selling is a new way. And Daryl recently from Vanilla Soft challenged you on this particular topic and I watched a great webinar between you guys debating this. I would love to hear more from you and your view on this topic. Yeah, so I can remember, you know, when I started in the world of social media sort of four or five years, years ago that debate was just as strong back then as it is now and i think part of it has been trying to raise the profile of, of social selling there have been people that have been more aggressive in their marketing uh, efforts to sort of showcase the potential of social media and my viewpoint has always been the same you know cold calling social selling they do the same thing both are alive none none are dead i have some some thoughts on on how the phone is potentially dying as a as a means of communication and i base that on the fact of younger generations they've all got phones but they're making less calls they're using it more for instant messaging and, and sort of social media but that's a you know a bit of a different topic but right now social media cold calling both powerful tools and what i'm trying to do at the moment is is help salespeople appreciate that social selling is is probably equal to cold calling in its potential. Well, I love this. I actually love this topic as well. I'm traditional, love the thrill of the chase. I do use social though 
as a means to identify my target prospect and learn a little bit more about them. It gives me the narrative. And you mentioned Tony Hughes earlier, and he's huge when it comes to the narrative and the reason to call. With regards to the narrative, I've heard you talk a lot about using social to start a conversation. In your opinion, what's the best way to start a conversation on LinkedIn? Okay. And uh, Joe, I was talking to someone else about this very recently, and I think a lot of people like you and like me, I'm a traditional salesperson. I spent the majority of my sales career making cold calls, knocking on doors, all the traditional stuff. Um, and a lot of people take that mentality onto social media, which is kind of the mistake. So they take the sales mentality and they just see social media as a platform to do it. And actually social media, but it's social, it's a social network. It's more aligned to like business networking where you go into a business networking event, walk up to someone and just spew a sales pitch on them. You would start a conversation, get to know them, ask them questions. And that is where you will benefit more through using social media to, to start those conversations, actually asking questions and starting genuine chats as opposed to trying to sell to someone. So my messaging has always been and, and always will be start actual conversations, asking questions. You know, uh, uh, most common one, I literally just recorded a video actually before we, uh, we started this, uh, this podcast, interview, which I'll post later today, uh, where I talk about how you can turn a profile view into a sale. And the core message being, it's about sending messages, those messages being light and conversational. So my ones will tend to be, hi, thanks for checking my profile. I'd love to know what you and your company are doing about social selling. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not advertising anything. It's just curiosity. Okay. So it's really about discovery and getting a better understanding of that particular prospect and their needs. How important is mindset when approaching a prospect on social channels? It's, it's very important. And again, you know, there are different types of salespeople out there. And I think the ones that perform best on social media, the ones that are genuinely on a mission to help people, you know, they just want to find, they want to sell to the right people. There are some salespeople that want to try and sell to anyone and everyone, and they will happily make hundreds and thousands of calls and send hundreds of thousands of spam messages. You know, there's just sort of a spray and pray type of mentality. And uh, I think to have the best potential success on social media, you kind of need to, you know, look for the right people to work with. And I think that's actually a, quite a transition within sales in general at the moment. It's about finding the right people that can benefit as opposed to just trying to sell to everyone. Okay, so it's about making your efforts really targeted and specific to that target persona we are working with. Yeah, 100%. Let's get into a real-life scenario that you know I find it challenging, and I'm sure many listeners would also find it challenging. We found a reason to, to contact someone. We created the right narrative, sent an email as part of our outreach process, um, but what do you do when they don't respond? It's a really good question. I get asked that quite a lot. And it's, you know, by no means are there any tricks that are going to make everyone respond to you. But we're all busy. Your prospects, your customers, they're super busy. You know, we have to respect that. So one of the tips I, I give in that scenario is to socially support your prospects. And uh, I had a conversation with a guy who runs a local LinkedIn local event, and uh, he referred to it as massaging, which actually made sense. I also thought that was a bit creepy. I don't want to start suggesting salespeople massage their uh, their prospects. But um, they chances are that they'll be doing stuff on social media. They might be creating their own content, but they'll probably be engaging with other people's content. And so you can start to do that as well. If they write a post, like it, click like. Don't undervalue how 
powerful clicking like on someone's post can be it feels great and imagine if you can do that to your prospect they will start to look at you in a positive light and if you can just keep doing little touch points like that you warm them up or as my friend said you massage them to a point where they're then going to be more encouraged to reply to you perhaps when you either try and call them um, or send them another message later and that's the other tip from this is, you know, don't just use one platform. If you've sent them a, a message and they've not replied, pick up the phone. <laughs> okay, so essentially what we must do is treat social outreach just like any outreach. We've got to have a cadence with a strategy on what we're going to do when they don't answer or, you know, when they don't engage, etc. So going back to your diagram, that maze, mm-hmm. the social is only one part. It's only one channel of the channels that we use to engage with prospects. On that, is there a better time to use social during that buying and selling process? Do we do use it at prospecting stage, during the advocating stage, or during the closing stage? Do you know what? What I love about social is that it can and should be used at all stages, um, even post-sale. Social media, it, it's the potential within it is is probably a lot more than people realise, and you can, you should, and can use it to prospect. So to find customers, to start those conversations, you can use it to qualify them, to identify needs. You can take it through to then potentially call or a meeting. But even while you're doing the other parts of the sales process, you're still connected on social and you can still be engaging in their content. You can be sharing content that's of value to them and only continually building that relationship. And then even post-sale, instead of just giving them a call every six months to check how things are going, you're still connected. You can still be engaging in their content and still providing content of value to them. And again, only ever growing that relationship. So social should be a part of of everything. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that the social platform is a mechanism to drive value with our prospects and our customers. A hundred percent, but drive value, build relationships. It's, It's allowing salespeople to connect on a far deeper level than we've ever been able to connect before because they get to see us as human beings and that's a really powerful thing most people myself included and you know i've worked in sales all my life i'm scared of salespeople. i don't want to be sold to if i see a a scary looking salesperson approach me in a shop i don't really want to talk to him because he's just going to pressure me into buying something but i need to buy people need to buy And, and social media allows you to show people that you're a human being and that you are genuinely trying to help them if you use it right obviously sending them lots of spam messages isn't going to give them that impression but you can use it to connect them on a much more human level yeah man this is this is awesome daniel you talk about pillars Uh talk to us about the pillars we need to use to engage with prospects no, of course. I, I mean, the first pillar, uh, and actually I say it's the most important pillar, it's the core foundations of social selling is your profile sort of slash personal brand. So this is, you could create great content, you could send great messages, but it, ultimately they will all go back to your profile. And if it's not doing you any favors, it could be having the opposite effect. And I'll give you a real example of this. I led a, a sales team a couple of years ago and they would make cold calls. And what they would notice is some of those people would then not answer the call, view their LinkedIn profiles, and they would never be able to get hold of them again. Because what was in their profile was, you know, I'm a great salesperson, I smashed my targets, I'm really good at selling. You know, someone's going to look at that and think, well, okay, yeah, maybe not the type of person that I really want to talk to. And so your profile and your personal brand should be very bias-centric. Talk about helping people. Make it something that encourages people to want to talk to you. The ones that, you know, have a need yeah. you can solve. Okay. So on that profile, what are some of the key things we should do to make our profile stand out? You mentioned earlier about helping and remove stuff around, you know, crushing or smashing targets. 
bit of advice for people who might not have the perfect profile? No, of course. Um, there is a lot you can do with it, but the, the sort of cool things to look at are your profile photo. Um, you know, make sure it's a professional one. And in the past, that would be quite a scary prospect. It wasn't easy to do that. A lot of people choose photos from a wedding that they were at. This is the last time they were dressed nice and smart. But the reality is we all have nice little smartphones now that have really good cameras. So actually, just by finding a blank wall and getting someone to take a nice shoulder headshot of you, it actually can turn out to be a really good profile photo. So have a nice, clear, professional-looking profile photo. Create a background image. That could be a really powerful tool title but probably the most valuable asset you have on your profile is your summary and a lot of people just put a paragraph or two paragraphs describing themselves and actually it should be your elevator pitch those summaries are the sort of modern day digital elevator pitch where you have a chance to again show people how you help people with your solutions why you do what you do what you're passionate about and more importantly give a bit of evidence as to the the sort of supporting case studies type of thing and then have your contact details Make it as easy as possible to get in touch with you so that you can, so that they can come to you so that you can help them. Okay. So obviously down the bottom of your LinkedIn profile page, you can have recommendations from people. What you're suggesting is to social proof your profile in the summary. Yeah, no, a hundred percent because you've got to remember when we use social media, whether it's reading content or looking at profiles, we're scrolling. So we're just scrolling down and we're reading at quite a fast pace. So we're looking for key things to stand out. So you want to make sure it's packed with the key things that are going to trigger those sort of, okay, yep, I, that person could be trusted. There's credibility there. Actually, they're providing solutions that I need. Those are the sort of little nuggets you want to make sure that are sat within your summary. Because if someone's going to look at your profile, they're going to look at your picture. They're going to look at the background. They'll look at your title and they'll look at your summary. And that sort of first step is going to define whether they continue to read or potentially send you a message or a phone call or an email. Um, so that really needs to make a good impression. And, and yeah, if you can add credibility pieces like, you know, I'm working with these companies or here's a quick little testimonial quote from a customer that we were able to help save 80% of their cost, something like that has a, a nice powerful, wow. Yeah. I want to save 80%. Um, you know, very powerful part of your profile. Okay, so what I've realised is, Daniel, I need help. I need to change my profile, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get your help, and I'm gonna email you after this. Please do. I will happily. I'll happily have a chat. <laughs> oh, so, mate, I've got a I've got a real life opportunity and a real life scenario. I want your advice on. So, we talked about pillars earlier, foundation. You know, setting your profile up. Now, I've got an opportunity I'm working on with a major construction supply organisation, probably the second largest in Australia. Dealt with the HR director, had multiple meetings, conducted a discovery, sent capability deck. However, she's now starting to slow the sales process. In your opinion, should I start to engage and link with other stakeholders in the organization via LinkedIn, or will that potentially alienate me with the HR director? There's certainly a fine line and you know i can understand yeah you could perhaps go all gung-ho i would still connect with other people i always do that i think it's a very good thing to connect with multiple people within a company um because you either might get multiple bites from it or it could be that there's a reason it slowed down maybe she's leaving maybe she's going on annual leave there could be reasons that actually having other contacts within there can be very beneficial but tread carefully don't start trying to sell to everyone make sure it's known that this is the person you're speaking to um and the other sort of tip i'll put on that is 
sort of socially surround that your main contact there and just keep an eye on the activity she's doing just look for the clues as to perhaps why it's slowed down then there'll be a reason and sometimes it can come forward through the content it might be that she shares an article they share an article that's highlights something that's happening sort of inward um and i guess the last tip would be again keep that social engagement up so if she is posting anything or sharing anything keep liking it because it's that little reminder that you're there and that you're being positive towards her so you get that sort of reciprocal feeling where they're like okay this person's actually liking commenting really engaging in my content actually i'm going to give him a call because you know probably should update him on on pro you know progress okay so i've got a i've got a few actions i need to take um because it's been about six months and i mean it is a larger sale and you know the sales process often things internally do impact the sales process when they they are a little bit larger deals um and I have always used LinkedIn to identify an org map as part of my discovery process. It has enabled me to it enables me to essentially ask really engaging and thoughtful questions during the buying process. However, I've always been a little reluctant to connect with people I haven't met with in the org uh, while I'm dealing with with that particular stakeholder. So I am going to to take action. Given that you use social um, and you're regarded as the expert. How has social and technology changed the buying process? And what are some of the steps we can use to help the customer through the buying process? It's it's changed it completely. And I was sort of looking at this earlier. I booked um, a holiday this year for my family. And I can remember thinking back to my parents, even my grandparents, you know, when they would book holidays, they would go to travel agents and they would sit and have a conversation and get sold this, that and everything. And actually... You know, I booked, we went to, to Florida. Ironically enough, we went to Walt Disneyland, um, which I got plenty of quips about my surname with. Um, but I booked everything uh, online and I did social media research. I joined some sort of Disney and Florida groups and, you know, there was a wealth of information and, you know, I was able to do everything independently. And that's kind of a scary reality for salespeople. You know, a lot of buying process does start online. Pretty much anything I buy, whether it's a computer, even, you know, when I've been working at, at some similar companies and systems, I will do research first. And so for salespeople, it's about being that step ahead. So when they do that research, it's your research they look up. It's your content. It's your, you know, value that you're putting out there that then attracts them and helps them. So then you're the person they go to. It's like everything. It's all about being someone who can help. Um, because whilst we like to do a lot of the buying process online, we still need a lot of help. I mean, I don't know about other buyers. I hate buying stuff. It stresses me out because suddenly you have to become an expert. I bought a TV uh, last week. And, oh my God, it was terrible. There's so phrase that you realize that you don't know everything. It doesn't matter how much research you do, you still don't know everything. And so I still sought out help from a salesperson to answer key questions. So yes, a lot of buying is going digitally, but there is still so much need for salespeople to help. It's just it's less about being sold to now, but more about just being able to answer key questions and help them through the sort of final parts of the buying process. Man, this is awesome content you're sharing with us, Daniel. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying this conversation. Share with us one or two things we should always do when engaging on social. Give give value is the biggest thing I'll say. A, a lot of people, like I said earlier, look at social and just see it as an advertisement platform. And so you see businesses and salespeople put the majority of their content is just promotional stuff. Here's our latest numbers, here's our latest testimonial. Here's why we're amazing. Me, 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 me. And that's the majority of their content. And 
funnily enough, people don't engage in it. You don't get many views. You certainly don't get many likes. It doesn't generate any business. And what I advise is people flip that around. I use the 80-20 rule in, in this aspect where 80% of your content should be value giving. It shouldn't be about you and your product, but about things that are valuable to your audience. And then you've earned the right for sort of 20% of content to be a bit promotional, but need to give value. It needs to be about your customer. So if you look at most of the content I put out, the majority of it is valuable. It's tips, it's entertainment, it's doodles, it's insight experiences. And a small percentage of it will be talking about, you know, the things that I'm running or the things that I'm doing. So yeah, that's probably one of my biggest tips for, for using social media in a, in a much more positive way is give more than you take. Okay. So if that's what we have to do, what shouldn't we be doing on social? Um, don't sell. <laughs> um, I, I can't tell you how many messages I get. I think the majority of the messages I get in my LinkedIn inbox, unfortunately, are, are very poor sales approaches. And they're either copied and pasted emails, which are one of my biggest bugbears, where they're massive LinkedIn. You imagine copying an email into a LinkedIn message. It goes on forever. Um, you get messages like that. You get really brief ones. You get ones that just say, here's my calendar to book in a chat, but they give me no reason to want to chat. You get. I've had messages recently trying to sell me personal training stuff. There is nothing in my profile at any point that suggests anything to do with personal training. So that kind of older style of sales approach doesn't fit very well to social media so try and avoid the whole selling thing and, and go like i said back to the sort of business networking the, the the sort of you know value giving type of of mentality um the other thing i would suggest is keep it positive social media uh, both for personal and professional is sort of an amplified voice. And obviously there are a lot of people that use it to amplify quite a negative voice, whether it's attempting to call out, you know, fake people or challenge people. It can be done. And a lot of people sometimes do it in a very negative way. And the thing I always try to say to people is if you're putting something on social, your customers will see that your prospects will see that. So if you're putting negative or shameful sort of comments on, on content, those are the people that it will impact. So try and keep it positive. It doesn't mean you can't challenge people. I'm all up for being challenged and for challenging, but do it in a positive way, you know, a respectfully disagreeing type of way and just use it to, you know, instigate a good conversation, not just try and shame someone. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Um, and you and Daryl had a, had, a, had a good chat recently and you were challenged and you, uh, <laughs> you were up for the challenge. So, and it was a fantastic outcome. And for anyone who didn't get the uh, opportunity to watch the webinar, we will add the show notes to, to find, you know, the Daryl versus Disney, Disney show. Um, mate, biggest influence in your career and why? Yeah, of course. I've, got tons and I really immerse myself in this industry. I, like I said, I love selling. So I am pretty much <laughs> following, reading everything out there from all the, the sort of many experts around the world. I'll give you a couple of my biggest influences. Uh, one you mentioned, I was uh, invited onto his podcast, Jeffrey Gittimer. He wrote a book called The Sales Bible and it was the first sales book I ever bought and read at about, I think I was 17 years old in my first sales job. And so that was a huge influence on my my sort of career uh, leading me down. And it was honestly one of the biggest uh, honors of my kind of career to be invited onto his podcast um, after he was such a crucial figure in my career very, very early on. Um, one of my other big influences, and he's, I credit him, he, 
he has written what is my personal all-time favorite sales book. And it's a guy called Chris Murray. Uh, he's actually based here in the UK, which is amazing. I do get to see him quite a bit. And he wrote a book called The Extremely Successful Salesman's Club. Um, and it is phenomenal. And I've read, and I don't know if you can see, but you'll see it in the videos I post. I've got quite a lot of sales books. And that single book um, stands out significantly above all others. Uh, they're all great books, but his book, it's told in a story. Or it's in it's such an engaging, clever way. Um, so yeah, Chris Murray has been a huge influence, and it was his blogs actually that inspired me in the early days of my blogging career. So yeah, two of my certainly biggest influences. <laughs> okay, well I haven't heard of Chris Murray, so we'll need to uh, to find that book. And uh, I will. Obviously, we love the King of Sales, Jeffrey Gittimore, released some awesome books, um, and he's got a new one coming out, which is uh, which is awesome about you know Napoleon Hill's early writings. So Daniel, if if you could go back in time and do it all over again, what would you do differently? Um, do you know, there's two things, and I sort of look at this as, as my younger self. I would uh, try to be more patient as a as a young, hungry salesperson. I didn't have much patience. I wanted to uh, to rule the world at a very young age. So one of the biggest advices I would give is just to be patient with these things, um, and the other is to just learn. Just surround yourself with as much learning. Read as many books. Go out and try as much as you can some of the real experiences out there you know throwing yourself out there are the best and quickest ways to learn so patience and learning just help you progress um further and and better okay daniel i'm gonna ask ask you something as it's been at the top of mind since i was listening to another podcast and it reminded me how important mindset is have you had a time in your sales career where you had a sure thing and it fell over what did you do to bounce back yeah, um, yeah, I've had a fair few of those over my sales career, and they uh, they certainly knock the wind out of you, that's for sure. But actually, I'll tell you what, it's probably the biggest lesson I've learned from that, and it's something that I very much um, apply now, is to not invest emotionally into things like that. And I've seen a lot of salespeople, and even a younger me, you know, would get those sort of opportunities, and that was it. You were already planning how you're going to spend your commission. You've already boasted to everyone about that sure thing, and then the emotional knockdown, you fall so much farther, whereas... I think now I've I've got the mindset that you know I will be happy and excited once uh, you know everything's signed, money's in the bank type of thing. You know when everything's customers happy, then then I'm happy. So yeah, I, I think you just need to learn to not invest too much emotionally too early on. Be humble, be patient again, um, and then just wait and work hard until everything's all done. Then you've earned the right to uh, to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Man, awesome, awesome stuff in that, Daniel. And thanks for sharing that with me. And I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm actually quite sad that we're, we're coming <laughs> to the end because uh, this has been really insightful, and I've I've taken heaps of value away myself. But mate, before we we let you go, please tell us and where our listeners can find more about you. Yeah, so I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my my sort of golden platform. So please, anyone listening wants to connect with me or, or follow me, please feel free to. I tend to post uh, at least one bit of content every day. Obviously, please check out the daily sales. I try to make it as uh, entertaining and, and motivating and educational as, as possible. Um, and yeah, there's a I'm working on a new website. So uh, DanielDisney.net is it's up, but it's it's being worked on at the moment. So I'll be putting tons of, of content on there over the sort of coming weeks and months. 
Okay, fantastic, man. And and look, we'll have everything in the show notes so people can, can find where you are and, and engage with you and, and your content. Appreciate your time today and your contribution to the world of sales, Daniel, and, and keep doing what you're doing because we love it. No, I appreciate the invite. Actually, a credit to you, Lucia. I think these uh, episodes can go one of many ways, and often it's defined by the the quality of the questions. And you've asked some great questions. I really enjoyed the the, the topics and, and questions. So I hope, and I'm glad you've taken some value. I hope anyone who listens to it has uh, taken some value from it as well. Bang! How good is Daniel Disney? Whether you agree or not with his philosophy on cold calling or social selling. This guy is starting a serious movement. Just over three years ago, he got up one day and started a page on LinkedIn that now has over 340,000 people that are engaging with him every single day. It's creating debate. It's creating excitement. What it's doing, it's really challenging our thoughts on how we deal with customers. So. If you want to get better at social selling, if you want to get better at finding new customers, what are you doing to make that change? Yep, I say it every week. Podcasts, training, learning, reading books, without any form of application, it's simply entertainment. So go back, listen to this episode, think about what your profile looks like. What did Daniel say that makes you stand out more? What's the message that you're going to put out to market so you can get in front of more prospects, help more people, and be the best sales professional you can be?